uh, record of Dongshan, uh, fascicle number 30. When Shenshan had picked up a needle to mend clothes, the master asked, What are you doing? Mending, answered Shenshan. In what way do you mend? asked the master. One stitch is like the next, said Shenshan. We've been travelling together for twenty years and still you can say such a thing. How can there be such craftiness? said the master. How then does the venerable monk mend? asked Shenshan. Just as though the entire earth were spewing flame, responded the master. Please sit comfortably. Just as if the entire earth were spewing flame. A little daunting, isn't it? Um, tonight's case is taken from the record of Dongshan, uh, a collection of uh, 119 uh, instances of dialogue and activity between teacher and student. Uh, for the first few, Dongshan's the student. For the latter, he's mostly the teacher. Um, Dongshan lived in 9th century China and together with uh, his disciple, his um, premier disciple, Saoshan, they're seen as the origin of the Saodong school or the uh, Soto school of Zen. Um, We chant the uh, lineage in the mornings in the first round dedications, the Saito tradition lineage, and there we chant uh, Dongshang Liangju uh, in recognition uh, of his place in our lineage. Saoshan's um, <clears throat> remembered because of his immense contribution and collaboration with Dungshan over the five ranks and the promulgation of that uh, work. But um, his line, like the other 23 uh, Dharma ears, uh, died out over the, over the years, leaving one line through Yunju, which reaches us today. So I just want to look for a moment at what is a koan? Um, a koan is a direct invitation to mystery. The mystery of the juxtaposition of here you are, but who are you? Well, who are you? Really, who are you? beyond your story, your labels, your ideas, your identifications. Who is it that sits on your mat? But it's clear that we do. And yet, when we try and find that one, we only seem to be able to touch the things we know about that one. And this is part of the mystery that we come as. And that uh, we inherit 
formally a koan is a uh, inquiry uh, that a student wields to batter down or ease open their delusions. Sometimes it can feeling like, feel like battering at a door or a brick wall, only to find a gentle easing open rather than a shattering. There's no fixed way here, just as there's no fixed way to you. We are organic. There is no fixed way. You are you. So, a koan is a tool to work with our delusion, if you like. Um, in the usual sense, delusion means false thinking. Well, it's false thinking or false confidence. Um, it's prob I'm sure it'll be the same here. In New Zealand, the sort of colloquial use of delusion is... Um, Something like, oh, he's absolutely deluded if he thinks he's going to make that shot. It <laughs> um, rings a bell. <laughs> yeah. Um, in Zen, though, delusion is, well, that's pretty particular. <laughs> uh, delusion is particular. Delusion is the mistaken apprehension that I am in here and not I is out there, beyond this border of skin. Yeah, um, and that's the genuine impression, you know. If I sit here and close my eyes, I'm not aware of the shape or size of the kotsu. It's independent, but somehow we're viscerally, viscerally, <laughs> we're utterly connected to the body, to sensation, events. Even though this is normal, the way we are as people, it's also how we feel about ourselves. We feel like we are here. In, there are a few very unfortunate instances where that's not the case, but generally for people we have the feeling that we are here. Yeah? If you didn't, I'm sure you wouldn't be here sitting zazen. <laughs> And we do need a border. Um, if we're to uphold ourselves as uh, discrete, distinct and specific, we need to be able to delineate and mark out a sort of border for ourselves. Um, this isn't haphazard. This is functional. It has purpose. We're social creatures. Um, this didn't just happen by accident, I'm sure. Uh, we do have a border in a space that we have sovereignty over. And that sense of sovereignty is over the aspects that we come as that we are solely privy to, that nobody else has access to. Yeah? You're the only one who feels your little finger sensation. You're the only one who is aware of your thinking. You're the only one who 
No, you're not the only one who curses the heat, but you're the only one who feels it as your body. Curses is too strong. (laughs) I'm from Dunedin, please excuse me. (laughs) Um, You know, no one else feels the ache in your hand, even though their hand may also ache. No one else feels the ache in your back, even though someone else's back may also ache. We are sovereign in that territory. Because this is sovereign territory, we identify with it as me. Well, what else are you going to do with it? Really? You're not going to go, oh, I think that might be John in there. (laughs) No. It's clearly me. Because it is no one else. We say it's me because it's clearly no one else. Not because it's you, because it's clearly no one else. But this is delusion. It is not that way, it just seems. Delusion or delude comes from the Latin and it means to play false. Like to act falsely, to make a play of being false, to act falsely. So to treat all that seems to be inside of your skin covering of you is a false act, but a useful one. We're social creatures. We need it to be this way. But it's a false act. It's partial. It's misleading. The koan is a tool we use to personally resolve this misleading impression. Um, Imagine if you could come into a Zen group and sit down and the teacher would go, snap the fingers, and the misleading impression was gone. and you're enlightened on the spot, it's quite apparent that there's no one here and no need for anybody to be here, and everything trucks along as if nothing's changed. How on earth would you deal with that? Practice is not just to realise ourselves, it's to hold what we realise. This is really, really important. So a koan is a tool we use to resolve this misleading impression that we have about who we are, what we are, about this one here. It doesn't resolve as some special way of thinking about things. It really, really doesn't. It doesn't matter how careful and developed your analysis is, It won't cut it. It's not personal. It doesn't matter even if you have the right answer to the koan. (laughs) It still won't cut it. Um, And in a sense, a koan has no right answers. Maybe it even has only wrong answers. (laughs) Especially when you hear the, not like that, ding, 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 ling, 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 and out you go. 
but the koan has a point of resolution. It has a point of resolution. And that resolution can be expressed. People think that they, before they've done koans or worked with koans, they think that a koan is to be answered. It's to be resolved. And we express that resolution for ourselves. And of course the resolution is you. Um, this is not an easy process. It truly is not an easy process, but it does not mean that it requires us to be hard in response. It does not. It does require one thing and one thing only, and this is absolutely unerring. It requires you to be exactly as you are. Exactly. Every koan that's worthwhile to us stops us. Stops us in our tracks. It's, and this stopping is the, the virtue and the treasure of koan work. Because this is where we do work. We don't work by passing koans, we do work by being stuck. It doesn't feel like it but it is that way. We're stopped because there's some sort of a fundamental barrier or impediment in ourselves. Well, actually not in ourselves, it is ourselves. It's our impression there. Um, but there's a definite impediment. And working with the Khan is the work of resolving that impediment, resolving that barrier. Um, it's not like we know what we're resolving. We don't. We can't see it. We can't apprehend it. We can't really think about it. We just know that we're stuck and we're trying and we don't get it. It's difficult. It requires perseverance. It really does require perseverance. What we resolve in terms of some sort of barrier is a sense of inherent separation or another element that we hold to as being necessary to be ourselves. Yeah? This is not the realm of psychoanalysis or trying to figure something out. This is very, very organic. Um, We can't re really get rid of the things that we hold to be necessary to be ourselves. We really can't. And we don't need to. It's not about clearing out all the little edges so that you sort of cease to exist. Not in the least. Um, in a way, we can't get rid of these things that we hold to as me mainly because they're imagined. Um, there's nothing to get rid of except our creating of those things, of those elements, the creating of ourselves. 
if we get rid of anything, we get rid of the need to create ourselves. And in the way, we become no one to be, which curiously is, co-teacher Arthur says, observing his Zen friends over the years, when it's like that, they simply become more and more like themselves. Now, there's no one else to be here but you, and that doesn't change. So in a way we learn to, through Zazen, through Khan work, we learn not to pick up these elements that we identify as me. We just become content with not having to play with them. Yeah? To not continue to glorify them with having to do something with it. Yeah, we don't need to fix that part of ourselves in some way. But if we discontinue aggrandizing by picking it up, whatever it is, then what's left? The difficulty with all of this is that it's all done in the dark. All we know when we're sitting is our zazen and that we haven't passed our kayan and that it's difficult and I'm just not getting anywhere with it. That's how the perception is for us. But if we're applying ourselves to the practice, things are happening subterranean, subterraneally, underground, and they do happen. Fruits of practice are real. You know, when people absolutely fall in love with breath practice, it's beautiful. Their life changes. They can have a resource to calm themselves when things are difficult. And often find a real peace that they never felt that would be possible through the very functional work of breath practice. And it works because we're organic. We're biological. It's functional. But it all happens in the dark. And all we know is our stuckness. But that's how the work proceeds. It really is. So how do we proceed? How do we go on with our lives and our practice? In a way, this is what Dongshan is pressing Xingqian for when he asks, in what way do you mend? Yeah? In what way are you with your back pain? How are you with lunch? How are you with uh, cooling, cooling evening? Uh, the sound of voice, the ache of knees. How are you with that? Because it's current for us. Xingxian responds honestly and without any artifice or craftiness. He says, one stitch is like the next. He's mending, maybe mending a carrying bag or mending robes. Stitching. One stitch is like the next. Um, it's good for sewing to be regular. <laughs> you know, it's stronger 
than irregular, and it doesn't distract the eye. It looks right. The regularity is in harmony with the circumstance. Yeah. When we do zazen, we keep regular. Uh, there's the regularity of each breath being the only breath. There's the regularity of raising the inquiry of the Khan time and time again. There's a regularity that we don't vary the practice we meditate with. We keep this practice the same. And there is a deepening. When, re when there's regularity, there's a deepening. If we're always jumping about, what we actually do is we really only empower our own self-centricity. If it's time to change, talk with the teacher in Doksan and work it out there. In the, in the case, Shenshan's response is also honest. He's not seeking to make himself look more adept or more sophisticated than he is. He's very straightforward. Um, as much as Zen is about trust, for instance, trust in what is current, allowing what's current, allow, 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 this is trust. How do we allow this room, this space? We truly allow it by not requiring of ourselves to be. We allow the room, just the room. Yeah. This room is real. We're sitting here. Even though most of the time the eyes are down toward the floor, um, we're in a room. It's spatial, has dimension. The space in this room is as live as you are. As much as Zen is about trust, trusting what is, allowing it to be as it is, it's also about honesty. Honesty with ourselves, honesty with the world. When we're not honest, we're playing falsely. We're perpetuating delusion. If your honest response to Mary's question last night who are you, if your honest response is, I don't know. That's so much more valuable than some conjecture of insight or contrived certitude. The way is straight ahead. Honesty is the way and it's how it flourishes amongst us. This is not the honesty of declaring our view. It's the honesty of not holding to the conceit of separateness, of me in here and everything not me out there. As if when we hold on to ourselves in here and everything else out there, all this stuff starts to sound really, really special. Whole earth spewing flame. 
Um, there's a little story from um, uh, the teacher Zhao Zhou. Um, once the monks saw Zhao Zhou sitting down, um, Zhao Zhou's foot was exposed from his robe. The monk said, that's it, isn't it? <laughs> that's the matter right there, that's it. <laughs> you know, this is the essence of Dharma. This is the presentation of self-nature. The foot sticking out. Zhao Zhou responded, you got a good look at my foot. <laughs> he also didn't contradict him. Um, Dung Shan seems dissatisfied with Chen Shan's expression of how it is for him. Um, in fact, Dung Shan scolds Chen Shan. We've been travelling together for 20 years and still you can say such a thing? How can there be such craftiness? Um, pointing out delusion can be hard. Sometimes we get a rather challenging sideways poke in Doksan. <laughs> it may seem pretty uncomfortable at the time. Uh, but it can open the way. Or not. <laughs> it's not really up to us. Um, Xinxiang continued, How then does the venerable monk mend? Um, Sometimes it's really, really, really well worthwhile batting back. What would you do? How would you say it? It's creativity after all. Um, Dungshan responds, just as though the entire earth were spewing flame. Wow. <laughs> it must really be something. <laughs> yeah. Maybe in pitch dark at night you can still see your sewing with all that flame coming forth. It sort of conjures up massively heroic images of what it must be like. And part of us sort of responds to these stories with, uh, that's how it'll be, that's how it is. Um, and that is, by inference, so much better in an entire world away from sitting through a talk, from the back pain having to shift about a little bit, from life's dissatisfactions, from our own dissatisfaction. It would be much better, surely. Yeah. But what if Dung Shan's, as though the entire earth was spewing flame. Uh, what if this is absolutely no different at all to Shen Shan's, one stitch is like the next? What if they're one and the same? What if this is the entire earth spewing flame? What if the fact of lifting the glass or the spoon to your lips at supper time is the fact of the entire earth spewing flame? And it's only just 
the way it is. Regardless of content, each moment is here for you. There is no good and bad in such a thing. There is no bigger and smaller in such a thing. Hmm. How big are you? Listen. Listen. If it's not apparent, it doesn't mean that it's not apparent. Maybe it means in that moment you're so taken up with this that there's no one left to say, oh! Working in practice is not about vigorously hunting out every moment. That sort of adds a blocking effect. It can be softer than this. Uh, every moment perennially rises for you, as you. But that's saying too much. Actually, every moment claims you and you disappear into every moment. You disappear in that claiming. And we don't notice. In that disappearing, we've lost the resources to notice. Khan work shifts us a little so we no longer have to say it shouldn't be like this. It should be something different. It just takes a glance to see. We are empty beyond our borders, even whilst we are ourselves. This is what this is. This is where you are. It cannot be passed on. It's too late for that. It's already this. This. This is the mystery. So we practice relinquishing to the current moment. Being claimed, disappearing into that claim, Losing ourselves, remembering ourselves, practicing. As if there was someone to disappear. Why is it when you look, you only find story and preference, a wall? Flowers, air conditioning, a warm evening. Why is that? I wonder. <laughs> 